Welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree with your host, Leonard Kim. This is the show, especially for those. Welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree with your host, Leonard Kim. This is the show, especially for those that want to be among the top influencers of the world. We'll help you build your brand, tell the most compelling story, build your reputation and grow your audience, and attract the top clients and customers. Listen to the experts. Think like they do, and you'll be on your way. Now, here's Leonard Kim. Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here, and welcome to another week of Grow Your Influence Tree. It's been quite an exciting month, you know, right right at the beginning of September. We have Leo Bodery on the line with us as well. He's an adjunct professor, and he wrote a brand new book. It's called What Anyone Can Do. Now, if you're like me, you might not think that you could do a lot, but all of a sudden when you try something out, you see something's working, next thing you know, you're like, whoa, I accomplished something big. And I think that's kind of like uh, how a lot of people are able to react when they got there and they actually go and do something. Like we don't know what we can do until we actually go out there and do it. And we're like really surprised with what happens. Um, Leo, why don't you take like a moment to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Leo Bachari. Thanks, of course, for having me on the show today. I probably spent the better part of my career in uh, corporate communications and um, worked for a company called Vistage for a while. And Vistage assembles and facilitates peer groups for CEOs, small business owners, um, key executives in their companies. And what they do is they get these people to work together to help them um, you know, really achieve um, their individual goals, you know, to help them learn more and to help them um, gain the perspective of others in a way that they may not otherwise have if they didn't have uh, that kind of forum. So when I was working at Vistage and after having experienced uh, being a student and later a professor for Seton Hall University and, and looking at how you know, you could bring students together and realize how much intellectual capital was there. So rather than having those students just listen to the professor and lecture at them, you know, you get these students working together and it provides an, an incredible learning environment for them. So a lot of what I'm doing right now, uh, of course, I um, co-authored a book in 2016 with uh, Leon Shapiro called The Power of Peers, where we looked at how and why formal peer groups work so well. This book, What Anyone Can Do, really kind of steps outside our peers uh, in, a, in a strict sense, right? We, we look at mm-hmm. our parents, our teachers, our mentors, mentees, all that, the whole circle of people that surround us. And we also take it, um, not just look at the formal kind of peer group setting, but take it outside of that. Look at how do we enlist and engage others you know, in the context of our everyday lives in a way that can help us be our best selves. Nice. That sounds pretty exciting. Yeah, a lot of people, when they uh, are trying to do something, they don't usually have a peer group that they could turn to. They usually just start with an idea. They're wondering, what could I do with it? Oh, exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. Hmm? yeah. so your book's about like how surrounding yourself with the right people will, uh, will drive change opportunity and personal growth um like i i i kind of get that like my life i felt like before (laughs) before i experienced any success i kind of think that 
Maybe that could be due to the people I was hanging out with. Maybe because I was hanging out with only salespeople. I was always usually stuck in the sales role. Or maybe because, like, um, <clears throat> the people that I hung out with were trying to, like, you know, do the other person over. That always ended up happening to me, and I didn't really see myself getting ahead. Then when I um, started, you know, hanging around with more genuine, likable people, I guess I kind of became more genuine and likable, too, maybe. <laughs> I can see how that kind of makes sense. What's your take on it? Well, yeah, and, and you know, um, th- there's just no question that, um, you know, part of what we do also, I think everyone's tendency, mine, everyone else's, to we hang around with people who we're comfortable with. We don't necessarily hang out with people who take us out of our comfort zone very often. And it's when you're out of your comfort zone when you really learn. You know, you talked about yeah. the subtitle about how surrounding yourself with the right people will drive change, opportunity, and personal growth. But the what anyone can do part, um, you know, has its own story in that uh, Joe Henderson, who's been a writer for Runner's World, uh, writer, editor, for, he was there for over 30 years, essentially. And he's written two dozen books. And one of the books he wrote in 1976 called The Long Run Solution talks about runners, but he also talks about just people in everyday life. And what he's basically saying is, look, people, whether you're good at running or whatever it happens to be, he said, most of these folks who are really successful, they're not successful because they were, they were capable of doing superhuman things. They're successful because they did the things that anyone can do, but just most of us just never will. And uh, so I was really intrigued by that concept. And, you know, later as I've got into this whole peer group thing and and kind of understanding the power of the people that surround us and the difference they can make in our lives, the more that I thought about the fact that, you know what, I think most of us can surround ourselves with good, positive people that can help us do what it is uh, we want to do. And when we do, we will do those things that anyone can do far more often. When we make our goals public, when we you know, decide to, you know, communicate with others in a way that, that, that shares all of that. It, um, I think it, um, you know, kind of, um, holds us personally accountable in a certain way to kind of deliver on what we said to others that we would do. And, and again, you know, no one's imposing any of this on me or you or anyone else. It's, it's like, Hey, here's what I want for myself. Um, here's what I want to go do. And then to the extent that people can be helpful in helping you get there, um, you know, uh, it's, it's very, uh, it's, it's really impactful. Oh, so like one of the things you just mentioned is like making one of your goals public. It has a driving force to really help you go out there and achieve it. Like, is there a right way to post a goal, a wrong way? Like, can you like mess this up or is this something that you really have to think about or is this something you just post up and usually it's okay? So I think the, the, I think the one way, so if you look at a University of Scranton study, which basically said that 92% of people fail at their New Year's resolutions, right? So probably declaring your New Year's resolution on New Year's Eve when, you know, you're in whatever state you may be at the time and whoever you're around is, is fine. But I think what's more effective is that, you know, get yourself into the new year, surround yourself and make that goal is public to as many people as possible, especially those in your circle who you believe can help you be successful. And what I mean by that, too, is that, you know, the, the circle of people that will help you achieve one goal may not be the same people that will help you achieve another. So if I want to learn a language, I might be looking at, you know, a whole set of group 
whole different group of people than I would if I were interested in completing a marathon, for example, right? So mm-hmm. I want to surround myself with the kind of people who will encourage me, hold me accountable, offer me the kind of tips and technical advice that can make for, um, you know, they can help me in being successful, you know? Uh, we know there's a lot of self-help books out there. Um, the, the thing about this, though, is that self-help doesn't mean by yourself help. Right, we yeah. can and should enlist the help of others, and when we do, we will tend to be far more successful. Yeah. So uh, I'm curious. Like for me, like a goal that looks achievable to me is like maybe learn how to build a make a pizza in like three months, or learn how to make an extra ten to twenty thousand dollars a year. Like those sound pretty reasonable, but I'm pretty sure some people have like these outrageous goals, like get one thousand customers within a year or get a million customers in a year or make a million dollars in a year. Like what, what's like reasonable and what's like unreasonable when they go out and just kind of like announce these goals. Cause like, I think if you go too far and you're like naming something that might be unreasonable, people might look at you like you are unreasonable too. So that's a great, uh, great thought because oftentimes uh, we can choose goals that are pretty audacious and there's nothing wrong with that. But often what can be really helpful is instead of trying to, you know, eat the elephant, you know, um, in, in one sitting, we, we need to probably take it one bite at a time. So if we want to add a thousand extra customers, let's look at how we can set interim goals to help us get there along the way, right? And I yeah. think that's where it becomes really powerful. One of the stories that I talk about in the book is one where we talk about this kind of yin and yang between expectations and goals and, and the real conflict is, that can exist there. And the story that I told was when I took my daughters to climb a mountain peak. And uh, it was the first one. It was 12,800 feet. It was in Crested Butte, Colorado. It was not easy by any means. And they knew that they wanted that feeling of being on top of the mountain. The problem is that getting there is... <laughs> not particularly easy. So, you know, we talked about the preparation and we did our thing. But anyway, um, come the morning we go take the climb, we get about an hour and a half into it, and they're looking at me like, all right, the view's pretty good from here. You know, uh, they were getting tired. They were exhausted. It was really difficult. And I think that they had probably in their minds underestimated how hard it would be to get to the top of the mountain. And, yeah. the, and if you've ever done this kind of thing, what you realize and, and understand is that if you continue to stare at that mountain peak, you can climb for 10 minutes and you can climb for 15 minutes and you do it. And it's hard physically, but emotionally it's debilitating because you'll look at that peak and it just doesn't look like it's ever getting any closer. <laughs> and it's just God awful. I mean, it's just, you know, so, so these kids now are saying to me, all right, dad, really, you know, we're, I think we're good here. And I said, well, tell you what I said, why don't we just mark where we are? And it was like this large bush where we were. And I said, let's climb for another 10 minutes. And then, you know, if, if you're feeling like, you know, you don't want to do this anymore, then we'll go from there. So they kind of humored me, and they, they're looking at their watch, right? They, as soon as it was exactly 10 minutes, they're like, all right, done. We, we hit our 10 minutes. And they said, look, that peak is no closer than it was when we started. And I said, look behind you. And they all of a sudden looked at that bush that was way out in the distance. It was like a dot on the landscape. And they were astonished. I mean, they couldn't believe how far they had traveled. And <laughs> once they got the energy from that, they were like, all right, we'll keep doing this. You know, we're going we're gonna to get there. It's just a matter of putting one foot in front of the other and let's mark our progress and let's celebrate some wins and, you know, do some stuff. 
And, you know, an hour plus later, we were up on the top of the mountain. And for them, that was a big, big deal. Not only for that day to be able to, uh, you know, um, take in that 360-degree view from the top of the mountain that's like nothing else. But today, in business, now they're older, they're, you know, 28 and 29 years old. Um, they think about that every time they're trying to accomplish a big goal. And they use it as those the technique that we used that day in the mountain as a way to keep them going and keep them fueled for, um, you know, the goal ahead. And it's, um, it's very powerful. And, but, you know, what happens is people, when we're surrounded by people who can help us reframe our circumstances, you know, it can help us actually achieve a goal that we may have, may, if left to our own devices, never would have achieved it. If those girls, for example, were on their, on their own that day, or they were just trying to do it by themselves or whatever, there's, there's no, no way they would have gotten to the top. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I mean, like, I, I could see myself looking forward and being like, wow, that's the way this go. I don't think I could really get there. And then, like, I know, like, um, like you know, me and Ryan, my business partner, we've done that a few times with our business, going, oh, this is so far away. Should we just give up? And then we, we even got to a point where we almost gave up on everything. We're like, this is this is tiring. This is overwhelming. Let's just give up. But then um, we no were question. told that we had, you know, customers, so we had to stay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, there's something that's going to keep you there, you know, but it is funny uh, when, you know, you can kind of get past that. And I think oftentimes this is where we help one another uh, quite a bit. We tell another story in the book where, you know, I was invited to speak at this event in Portugal. And the guy who invited us said, hey, why don't we all go for a run? We'll kind of do a little city tour and all that kind of stuff. It'll be fun to, you know, get a sense of the, the city and of course get to know one another while we're on this run. And we're like, Oh, great idea. Of course, no, what none of us, none of us asked. And by the way, Ryan Fullen, who I know, you know, quite well, mm-hmm. and it was, did the illustrations for, um, what anyone can do the book. Um, we all, not one of us asked, how far are we going? Right. So next thing you know, we're, we're all out there. We got our running stuff on. No one knows anyone's respective fitness levels or anything like that. And we're off for this little city tour. Not in a million years did we think we would run almost nine miles. Wow. <laughs> and, and if we were told in advance that that's where we were headed, we all would have said, no, that isn't happening. Like, we're going to stay in and have breakfast. If you guys want to go run nine miles, knock yourself out. So our self-limiting beliefs, our individual feeling that, you know, hey, we haven't, none of us, by the way, had run anywhere near that distance in a long, long time. And we're like, all right, but, you know, together, we kind of, you know, pushed each other along and encouraged one another and did our thing. And, and, and the fun thing about the run was the first half of it, the first four and a half miles or so was downhill. So meaning kind of in what I would regard as the law, the runner's law of gravity, what goes down must come back up. You know, now we've got, we got to run uphill the whole way back. And it was just, <laughs> it was not easy. Let's say that. And again, um, not one of us as individuals ever would have even tried it, let alone completed it. Um, yeah. And yet together, together we, we, we did it. And it's a fun, you know, story that we all, you know, share in that and we'll share in that for the rest of our lives. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, especially like 
for me and Ryan, like when we were going out there and we almost quit the business, it's because our um, silent partner was like, hey, hey guys, you guys have a customer. And then like that customer was like the reason that we kind of like stuck on and kept on going and kept on going. Like, like uh, Ryan was like, wait, we have a customer? Yay, we have a customer. And I'm like, oh, great, we have a customer. Now we have to keep doing this business and commit to it. We can't just walk away now. This sucks. <laughs> so we stuck around and we went through it. And then, like, um, so after that, like, you know, things progressed. We got more clients. Things moved up. We completed projects. We got things done. Then on um, Monday, I was, like, you know, going through Stripe, the little, uh, or, wait, no, one day I get a refund. Um, from the bank accounts for like a few hundred bucks, I go in and investigate what happens, and then um, and then I'm like, how did this refund happen? And then the silent partner is like, oh, um, I, I realized I accidentally was charging myself, and I was um, getting charged by the company, so I just refunded myself. Then um, I looked to see when the timestamp was and all that. And our first customer was him. <laughs> so we didn't uh, really have the first customer. <laughs> he just kept that's going. Cool. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. But um, no, it's, uh, it's great stuff. And like I said, um, you know, Ryan, you know, what's funny about Ryan is we lived, uh, you know, less than an hour, you know, from one another. And, but we didn't meet until we were invited to speak at the same venue. Uh, in Portugal. And today, of course, we, you know, remain close and I imagine we always will. And as, as the, the other people that I met there, Raphael Gordon and Karen Floyd and, uh, you know, Miguel Diaz and so many others who were just part of a really great shared experience, you know, um, which was, which was really great. You know, it's funny that, um, people often talk today about the fact that although, we have incredible global reach, you know, online today that we don't have shared experiences in quite the same way we did, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you know, when, when everyone in the world at the same time, basically <laughs> for, for all intents and purposes, were, was tuned into the final episode of MASH, you would go to work the next day and you would talk with one another about the thing that you all shared together. And we don't quite get that. Uh, in the same way, but we, we certainly, um, you know, we, we, we get some other things that we certainly didn't have that either. Yeah, it's kind of interesting how that all happens. Um, well, we're about to hop off to a commercial break. We'll be back shortly. Where can people find you online and where can people, or, and um, where could they get your book? Sure. Well, leobatari.com, L-E-O-B-O-T-T-A-R-Y.com. You can, uh, you can go to whatanyonecando.com also. And, of course, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and any other uh, reputable bookstore will have uh, what anyone can do for you. Perfect. And we'll be right back after the special break. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all of our show archives on demand, all from your iOS, Amazon Kindle, or Android device. Download it from the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play, and get ready to tune in. 
the Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel hear the stories be motivated be inspired join us today voice america influencers this is grow your influence tree to reach leonard kim or his guest call into the program at 1-866-472-5795 That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Leonard Kim here with Leo Batari, and we've been talking about what anyone can do. And that's his brand new book that came out. And in the last segment, we kind of went over, like, goals and how they work. One thing that really helps people achieve their goals is to publicize them and let as many people know as possible because they will band together and help you get there. But that's only if it's a realistic goal that's achievable. And then um, we kind of went over a little step-by-step guide on how you could go out there and really like visualize your way towards success. We uh, implemented an example of looking back every 10 minutes and seeing the progress of where you go physically. And those are little things that you could do to really go and um, expand your ability to go out there and do anything. Because, like, you know, that's how life is. You look at things, you're like, wow. That looks overwhelming. I don't know if I'll ever get into that magazine. I don't know if I'll ever get 100 followers on social media. I never know if I'll get on that TV show. I'll never know if i make a successful business. And then one day, like, you're just going out there and you're like, whoa, I got a successful business. I'm on TV. This is cool. How did all this happen? And then, like, that's kind of like what anyone can really do, which is, like, the whole premise of the book, Right. You know, it really is, you know, as we talked about in the, in the first segment with Joe Henderson, who wrote for Runner's World for 30 years. When you consider um, what it takes to run a marathon, for example, so basically probably about one half of 1% of the American public has actually run a marathon. Um, what's interesting is a lot of people could That's do a lot it of if people. they wanted to. It, it, it's a lot of people, one half of one percent. But um, there's a lot. That means that ninety nine and a half percent of people, <laughs> you know, have, have never done it. Doesn't mean they want to or whatever. But I think what what's interesting is what makes twenty six point two miles possible is training uh, each and every day for about four four and a half months or so 
um, where the individual workouts are something that anyone, you know, might be able to do in an individual day or might be able to build up to in an individual day. But when you do that kind of work for four and a half months, you can now accomplish something that, you know, clearly 99.5% of the population, um, you know, has mm-hmm. And, you know, to your point, when it comes to getting on that TV show or building that successful business or whatever it happens to be, whatever you define as, as success, oftentimes it's about doing the little everyday things over a, over a period of time that, that kind of get you there. You know, we, we see people all the time who, you know, we think to ourselves, wow, we didn't know them last month and now all of a sudden they're, they're a big hit. And we think of them as kind of instant successes. And I'm sure if you ever interview those people, they would laugh at the idea that that was how that all happened, right? It was yeah. years and years and years of doing things that, um, you know, um, we, we didn't know about, you know, but they were all, you know, part and parcel to them getting to a point that um, gave them, uh, you know, quite frankly, they weren't given anything. They actually earned the right, you know, to put to be successful, earned the right to put themselves in a position to uh, share their stuff. And, um, you know, it's exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like that, you know? And it's kind of weird how everything just happens. And I I don't – I've looked at a lot of people and I thought, wow, that's got to be an overnight success. But then, like, whenever you, like, dig into the work and look at how things really work, it's really not like that. Like, some people go, oh, that person just became a YouTube sensation overnight. But then what really happens is if you really track it down, they've been making the same type of video at the same quality every single week, week after week, after week, after week, after week for maybe half a year, a year, or even two years. Then all of a sudden, one day, one person discovers it. Then they go through the rest of the catalog, and it's all at the same quality. And they're like, wow, this is all great. Then they become that overnight success. But... It's not because it happened overnight. It's because they had consistency. They went out there and had the same amount of quality. They went out there and did the same type of great work all the time. And that's what created all the success that they had. It wasn't just like one defining moment that changed everything. No, that's exactly right. And that's, you know, when we, last year, we had a podcast called The Year of the Peer. And much of the book actually comes you know, from the insights of the people in that podcast where we, you know, bring it very directly. We quote them directly in the book in terms of the kinds of things and insights they brought to the table. But these are 50 incredibly successful people, all of whom, when I said to them, hey, how, um, you know, uh, did you become successful, like, all by yourself? Was it all just happened overnight? And, of course, they would laugh at the idea. And in most cases... Um, it wasn't that no one helped them. It's that so many people helped them that they couldn't, you know, in a million years in, in this for the moment, uh, recall all of the people that made such a difference in their lives without realizing that they would leave out somebody. And it is, um, you know, it's remarkable in terms of, I think, what we can do together and how when we look back and think about the people we've engaged in our lives, the twists and turns with regard to, things that we got, things that we didn't get, things that we learned, things that we were, um, you know, uh, things that were opened up to us, you know, uh, it's, um, it's really powerful. And, you know, I think every one of us can think about that. You know, the other thing about these podcast guests is I would say that most of them, 
um, were not necessarily like whatever they majored in college, for example, versus what they're doing now <laughs> has nothing to do with, you know, with yeah, it, right? Uh, it was all about, you know, just uh, continuing to be open-minded and explore and engage people in a way um, where they were open to trying and learning new things. And because of that, um, they are where they are. Yeah, uh, and I, I think some people, they might, like, contest this what-anyone-can-do concept. Like, you know, some people will be like, well, what if you, like, grew up in the projects? Or what if you lived in, like, a rural town in India? Like, is it really what anyone can do? And then, like, I'm not sure. Like, do you think that maybe, like, um, where you're born, your social status, or anything like that kind of could hold you back from doing certain things? I'm not going to say that it isn't more challenging, but I don't think it's impossible either, especially today where we have uh, access to more people and more ideas, you know, whether it's in our locale or anywhere around the world. Uh, we're all, you know, very well connected. And I think for many of us, if we decide that we want to, and it can start, by the way, just with people who will just be encouraging, you know, they may not. We may not have access to people right away who have a specific technical expertise that um, that we need, but just people who, you know, encourage us to uh, do what we're doing and to keep plugging away and, and uh, work to meet people. I mean, I know a lot of work that you do and Ryan with regard to personal brand and, and all that. It's really about, you know, having some level of, level of clarity of, about what you want and then figuring mm -hmm. out how do I go about um, again, with, with more resources than we've ever had available to us ever, um, how, how we go about at least finding that one person, that second person, that third person who we can start building as part of our dream team to help us um, do what we want to do in life. And I think it's, I think it's within most of our grasp uh, to be able to do that. It may take longer in some cases, but I think um, by and large we all have the capacity uh, to make that happen. That definitely does sound reasonable, especially since um, access is starting to spread. I mean, like, you could go over to your local library and access the Internet, and people just have more ability to, like, kind of reach out for things. But also, at the same time, it is quite challenging, especially when you don't have anything. And um, when you're kind of stuck in the culture, you kind of have that groupthink mentality where um, your culture is trying to press, or not your culture, maybe just your surroundings and your um, your right. uh, surroundings are kind of like pushing you down. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot harder. But well, that's kind of the point, right? Yeah. I mean, who you surround yourself with matters. If you, if you have people around you who are either lifting you up, holding you at bay, or dragging you down, you know, you, taking some stock of that and realizing that, hey, actually, if I could surround myself with uh, a different set of people who could help me achieve some of the things that I've identified for myself that I want to do, you know, we have the power as individuals to make changes. And again, I, I'm not dismissing you know, the challenges that may exist depending on who from or where you, where you live or, or all of that. But I, I do think that, um, you know, more than ever, we've, we have um, access uh, to be able to do that. But we have to be, you know, none of this is easy. No one's suggesting, you know, just, be, just because anyone can do it doesn't mean it's simple. Or, or it may be simple, but it's not easy. Um, and, um, you know, um, but at the same time, 
you know, again, when we are left to our own devices or, or we try to, you know, go it alone, most of us are simply not going to be successful or as successful as if we have some kind of help. So however we can seek that out for us, whatever that looks like, I, I think is, is just something that, um, you know, is very powerful. Yeah, this is extremely powerful, especially when you have all that. And then another thing is, like, for the communities, you do have access to go out there and find new mentors. And especially if you have access to the Internet, you can find virtual mentors, like, across different industries, across different platforms, and find someone to really look up to because if someone else has done it before, then that means you can too. No, I, I think that's right, you know. Hey, one of the things that um, I think would be kind of fun to share, as I know we're getting near the end of, of this segment, um, is a quote from a, you know, part of the, when I think about the guests I had in the Year of the Prayer podcast, they were successful in their own right, but they were all very different types of people and different types of, um, you know, uh, areas and walks of life and industries and all that. But one of the gentlemen that I had on the show, uh, his name is Seiko Andrews, and he's actually, he's a poetic voice. Um, and uh, he, he jokes about the fact that he left, in his mind at least, the multi-billion dollar entertainment industry for the multi-hundred dollar industry of being a poet. However, <laughs> when, when you're good enough at what you do, now he's hired by some of the largest companies in the world to come and, and, and speak to them because his words are not just a clever turn of phrase. They are powerful uh, in many ways, and they are deep, and they are substantive. And the quote that I actually lead the book with is from Seku Andrews, and he, he writes, There is an incredible power that comes from surrounding yourself with communities in which you feel small among them, and they look at you like a giant. And so I think when we are starting to think about the people we want to surround ourselves with, I think that sentiment, um, that aspiration that Seiko Andrews lays out for us is something that um, we, should, we should really think about. Yeah, that's quite inspiring. That's like just sitting here and going, wow, I, I feel small amongst the people around me, but at the same time, they feel kind of small about me too because we're both like great at different things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think with that, like, that's a great thing to leave off for this commercial break. Um, we'll be back after this next segment. Where can people find you, Leo? LeoBatari.com, L-E-O-B-O-T-T-A-R-Y.com. And, of course, find, look for me uh, at LeoBatari on Twitter or LinkedIn, Facebook. You know, love to engage with you on whatever platform works for you. Perfect, and you can find me at Mr. Leonard Kim, and we'll be back after this commercial break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. I'm busy, and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists 
using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Would you like to make more money, help more people, and have more fun? Tune in to Noah St. John's Money Mindset and Marketing Mastery Show because you'll discover the money, mindset, and marketing skills that will help you create the abundant lifestyle you desire. As an international keynote speaker, best-selling author, and thought leader, Noah helps business owners increase their income, influence, and impact. So tune in to Noah St. John's Money Mindset and Marketing Mastery Show live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Leonard Kim here with Lilio Botari. Uh, if you've listened to anything before in the segment, we talked about a few different things. One of them was how to go out there and make accomplishable goals. Another one was how to go out there and even if you're like in a bad situation, you can still go out there and achieve success. Kind of laid out a game plan on how to go out there and do it. And what we're going to really talk about now is going out there and... You kind of need a plan for all those, right? I, I, there's kind of like most people when they want to go out there and do something, they just try it, do trial and error, trial and error, trial and error, mess up on a lot of different chances where they have opportunity and end up um, kind of hurt and beat up and like bruised all over. And sometimes they don't even want to try anymore. But then, like, you know, if you kind of, like, have a framework and a blueprint to work off of, your chances of success, like, go up a lot, and it becomes a lot easier. So do you have, like, a framework or, like, a roadmap or anything that we could go through for this and help make it a lot easier for people to go through? Yeah, no, I really do. And, and your, your point is well taken there. I think that people, you can get a lot of advice in a book, and a lot of things can hit you and resonate with you. But oftentimes, it can be really helpful to have a framework that you can work from so that you can kind of go from there. You know, in my situation, as I kind of mentioned to you when we talked a little bit um, uh, before, I don't like providing a prescription, so to speak. Like, here are these things that you have to do so much. As much as I do want to provide a a framework so you can take each of these areas that I'm going to talk about and, uh, you know, execute them in the way that, that really works best for you. So, actually, in the book, we put together a people plan. And, of course, even though, you know, uh, someone asked me, you know, um, well, why isn't it called the person plan? And it's like, because you're going to get other people involved. I mean, the point of it is that you're going to do it by yourself, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so the people plan, 
um, basically uh, has a lot of P words in it because the three parts of the people plan are prepare, plan, and play. And so for the prepare part of it, you know, um, you mentioned, like, how do you get started? And yeah. our feeling on that is just to start sharing. You know, find someone, even if it's one person whom you trust, and talk about what you want out of life. Let that person help you explore, kind of discover what you want, not just what you don't want. Um, there was a, a great publication that was put together by, um, uh, it was a book and then later a video by Laura Goodrich so called Seeing Red Cars. And the large point of it often was that people are really good at talking about what they don't want. Like if you say, hey, what do you want? And they'll say, well, what I don't want is blah, blah, blah. But they don't really land on what it is they're, they want to do, what they're willing to do, whether they're, um, they're just not hardwired to kind of put a stake in the ground and say, here's what I want to do. So I think the idea that you could share something with someone close to you and try to get to that place where you kind of think about that larger aspiration, what it is you're looking for, and knowing that you can get support uh, in doing that is a great first step. Um, and from there, it's really kind of identifying a specific goal. Again, you may have a large aspiration, but, you know, it's really helpful to look at it and say, well, what are some of the specific goals that I want to try to take on that will help me get there? And once you've got that, then now all of a sudden, when I know what I want, I know what some of these specific goals are, now I know the kind of people I'm going to need to build my dream team, right? Again, we talked about the fact that if you want to learn a language versus run a marathon, you're going to have different people help you do that. So this is where the preparation becomes share, identify a specific goal, and build your dream team around that goal or those goals that you have. Uh, the second one is really plan. Um, this is where once we've got that together, we can work with our dream, dream team to create a plan for how we can achieve some of these goals and get rolling with that, you know? Um, I would say, though, that um, you can stay flexible there. You know, you're going to continue to learn. You want to keep listening for, um, you know, new things that may be helpful for you. So don't feel badly about, hey, I set this plan up, you know, a month ago, but I'm making alterations to it because I think it can be more effective if I do this. So stay nimble in that regard. And then a little bit like what we talked about with the mountain climbing story, identify and celebrate small wins. Don't just always be staring at that goal that's sitting out there. Be thinking about some of the small wins that you can celebrate um, so that you kind of can feel good about the progress you're making, um, you know, each and every day or each and every week. Um, you know, I think when it comes to play, and we use this term or I use this term, you know, very specifically because I don't want – people to think about this like this is drudgery or this is some big, you know, <laughs> um, burden on them. They yeah. should feel really good about it. They should have fun with it. They should leverage their dream team, not just to help them plan, but to keep them involved all along the way. Uh, I think the other thing that's really helpful is to kind of pay it forward. Be part of someone else's dream team. It isn't just about how others can help you be successful, although that's really, really important because the more uh, successful, the, the better, um, the more centered you are, the more that you'll be able to help others, which obviously is really, really important. But when you're paying it forward and being in part of being part of other people's dream team, you kind of realize the expectations you have of them 
and you think to yourself, wow, well, people have expectations of me as well. Expectations, by the way, that I've laid out, I set forward, but now I want to make sure that I keep those commitments. And I think finally, um, I think when I talk about the guests that were on the podcast, those 50 guests, if any mm-hmm. one of them, if I had asked them, do you think you've arrived? You know, are you like, is success kind of a noun in that way? And, and it's not for them. It's very much a verb. It's very much a, how do I get better? How do I keep improving? How do I, you know, continue to raise my standard of excellence? And the more that you can do that, um, and again, not just yourself, but keeping your dream team, you know, involved the whole way, you can do things that you never thought you were able to do, whether it's <laughs> run nine miles the morning that we were in Portugal or whatever it happens <laughs> to be. But, um, you know, I think those kinds of things, I think we all can really, and I think you brought this up earlier as well, it, it's great when we kind of surprise ourselves that we did something that we weren't sure that we could really do. And that is really, really fun. Yeah, this is exciting, especially when you're like, wow, this really just happened. And I don't think a lot yeah. of people like, are able to like go, oh, this is all me. This was like, you know, all me and this is all I really went out to do. But really, it's like, wow, I can't believe this happened. And it's more like surprising and shocking than anything else. And then like, um, I think that's exactly right. Yeah. And then, um, like, I think you made a great plan out there. Now, some people might be thinking, you know, I want to go out there and make this dream team. Like, um, where should they start look to begin with? Like, are there certain places or better than others to find people? Is the internet helpful? Should they go, like, to certain types of events? Or um, where, where would be a good place to start looking to build that dream team? Because... Um, not everyone just knows exactly where to start to look for people who are like-minded, who want to grow, and things like that. Sure. So if, if I were to use the example of, let's say that there was someone's aspiration to run a marathon someday, right? Yeah. So it, it, it's fairly easy. You know, you, you can get online, you can look at whatever, and you can start looking at communities, whether they're virtual or in your local area, of people who are runners and people who mm-hmm. are, uh, you know, interested in working together and training together because all of them had the aspiration to run a marathon, for example. So you'd be amazed at how many communities are out there um, that can help you, you know, achieve a goal. And the more that you just kind of, once you kind of look in that direction and start being open to all the communities that are available, uh, you know, to us, and then making sure that we tap into those communities, uh, both from the perspective of how can I contribute to others, but also what can I learn from people who, who share my goal or people also who've accomplished this goal many times over and can give me great advice about how to do it um, in a way that, um, you know, is right for me. And it's, it's really great stuff. But I think, again, we are very fortunate to... Um, you know, have access to a lot of things out there, a lot of information, a lot of communities, and quite frankly, a lot of people who are willing to help, who enjoy doing what they do. Um, They know others have helped them. They're willing to help others. They're willing to pay it forward as well. And, um, uh, you know, it's just a great thing to see. Awesome. Now, let's say um, you're able to go and locate these communities. Like, is there a certain way to, like, really um, 
like become one with the community? Are there like do's and don'ts on like what not to do? Like, uh, I mean, like if someone's like, oh yeah, I want to be in this community because of X, Y, Z, would that be like a turn on or turn off for these organizations or um, any, any tips on that? You know, years ago when, when people were um, engaging in online communities and there was all of this conversation around how should we conduct ourselves and what should we do, what are the do's and don'ts and all this other stuff. And, you know, at the end of the day, what it came down to was really, you know, adhering to the same social norms that we would when we met people in person, right? Like we wouldn't walk up to a group of five or six people that we didn't know at all and just decide we were going to interrupt everyone and just start selling them stuff, right? You know, that would not work in person. It doesn't work online. <laughs> it doesn't work, period, right? So yeah. I think in many cases, when, when we think about this, just good judgment and common sense around, um, you know, how we engage other people, that, that we, we not only let people know what we're looking to do, but we uh, take interest in others and why they're there and, and the fact that, you know, you are there, not just to be helped, but to help others and, and that you matter. You know, uh, Angela Myers uh, is a woman I had on the podcast and it was so powerful, her work on mattering. Uh, oftentimes people don't realize just how much they matter. Their presence at a meeting, their um, friendship to someone, their whatever. I mean, we, we kind of sometimes um, in a self-deprecating kind of way, we kind of minimize you know, the impact we have on others. And I think we find that if we actually own that, uh, we can do some pretty remarkable things. And I think a lot of her work about the fact that we matter and that we should think about that, um, you know, all the time, that um, we can engage in these communities knowing that, yes, we, we have a certain goal and we're there and, and we want to be there, but so does everyone else. And, you know, to the extent that... Um, I can use whatever it is I have, what set of experiences, um, you know, whatever knowledge I may have that may contribute in some small way to someone else's success. You know, it's, it's really, um, you know, again, very impactful, I think. Yeah, so if you're going to go into a new community, then you want to use the same, like, you know, guidelines as in person. Think about, like, how you want to be treated. Think about, like, if right. someone was walking into your group, if they were doing something awkward, but how would you feel about it? Um, <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. I mean, it is so funny how, when you really think about it, it's, it's, it's just, again, very, very much common sense about, you know, um, this adhering to the same social norms in many respects that, um, you know, we've all, we've all grown up with. Yeah. And one of the interesting things is when me and Ryan Fullen, when we first met at Keith Ferrazzi's house, Keith Ferrazzi wrote a book called Never Eat Alone and Who's Got Your Back and coming out with a yep. third book on co-elevation. One of the things that he said was... When you um, sit down and you want to network with the person next to you and you want to tell them what you do and tell them all about the great things that you're achieving, I want you to do something different instead. I want you to leave with what you need help with. So everyone went around the table. There were seven different tables, and everyone just talked about like what they needed help with. And it was like kind of interesting because since everyone was like vulnerable and was talking about yeah. what they uh, needed help with, like 
there was that camaraderie, that friendship, those uh, natural relationships blossomed. And that's kind of like how me and Ryan became business partners. And it was kind of cool how that all happened. And I think maybe taking that vulnerable type of approach and discussing what you, you might need help with might be able to help you go and get further in that community too. No, I think he's right. And I think that um, that helps the whole group connect uh, in a really great way. When we start, you know, introducing ourselves from the perspective of, um, you know, showcasing our highlight reel, um, that isn't real life, you know, and it's, and it's uh, not, not always, you know, particularly, um, you know, helpful. And I think a lot of what you described, uh, what um, Keith did, uh, in that particular forum, I think is by far a lot more powerful, you know, to be thinking about as, um, Seiko Andrews likes to talk about what's on the back of your business card, not what's on the front of it. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of a bit of who we are as people and what are the challenges we face? And we realize how all connected we are and how close we are and how, um, you know, are that we are all in the same boat lack of a <laughs> better word. Well, we're definitely on the same boat, and I think that's just what makes things so powerful is when we go open up and we become vulnerable and we're showcasing what we really need help with, a lot of people can really feel that because they feel the same way, but then we're just so accustomed to like sharing that highlight reel that um, everyone kind of just ends up doing the same thing. But what really works is just going back to the basics and sharing what we, um, sharing what we're really vulnerable about and what we really do need help with because that's really what life's about. Talking about what we need help with and helping lifting each other up to uh, get to that step further. And I, and mean, I think it, a lot of people find that liberating. You know, I think yeah. when they are, when all of a sudden someone basically, as Keith did there, gives people permission to actually be able to talk in that way and have those kinds of conversations, that's a very, like, wow. Like, that's, that, I don't get to do this every day, you know? And I, I think it's a little scary for some people, but also incredibly liberating as well. Yeah, it definitely is. And um, once again, we wanted to thank all our guests for tuning in to Grow Your Influence for you this week. If you want to learn more about Leo Batari, he wrote a book called What Anyone Can Do. You can find that at whatanyonecando.com. Um, where could everyone find you again, Leo? LeoBatari.com. And if you are interested in the book, I would suggest you buy one for you and a friend so the two of you can uh, read through it together and, and help one another and kind of spread the word there. And it's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and um, other bookstores, um, obviously only in uh, hardcover, but um, on uh, ebook, Kindle versions uh, as well. Perfect. And you can always find me at Mr. Leonard Kim. And thank you again for joining us once again on another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree. And we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you for making us part of your week. Listen for Grow Your Influence Tree with Leonard Kim every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Stand out, stand apart, and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.